Welcome to Orphanini. This is Saratova Best. We are speaking about motivation. And we're speaking about it from the point of view of Parshas Kisisa, as we've been saying for the past few days. And the quick introduction is, Kisisa is all about elevation. You're lifted up to a whole other frequency, which is everything that we want to discuss, being lifted up to a whole other frequency. And it's specifically after Purim. This Parsha comes after Purim. When everything is turned upside down, kind of meaning everything that you knew becomes nullified, null and void, it's all turned upside down, so you have to start right from the beginning. But when you start right from the beginning after Purim, you're not, you're not starting with nothing, you're starting with everything that was ever brought into the world before, but you're starting from a fresh place because everything was turned upside down. And what do you jump right into? You know, we had Purim on Friday, and then what do we jump right into? Um, Mincha time, we started to read Parshish We're lifted up to a, a higher frequency. So there, that's what we're up to. So what is the motivation that we're looking into in the Sicha? We said everything comes in three stages. One, two, three. Aleph, base, gimel. Head, body, foot. The, um, vision, actualization, uh, integration. There are many... I, I'm going to un- unpack all of those things over the next few days, and we've done some of them. Our question here is, are we motivating ourselves with number one motivation or number three motivation? Because number one motivation is, to say it simply, oh, it's going to be so unbelievable. It's going to be incredible. I... I, ha- I have a plan and I have, I have a vision of something that, a blueprint of something that's going to be so amazing. And that's the way we always function in history. And the problem with that number one motivation is I never tested it. I just never tested it. So it sometimes becomes less amazing after I actually do it. That's the problem with the number one motivation. It's before I've actually tried the thing. The number three motivation is after I've done it, gone through a bit of a rough patch, gone through what's called a shvira, a kind of a breaking, a breakdown, and then I've come to a whole new commitment and a whole new motivation that's much more stable, that's very grounded. This is what the third base of music is all about. That's why we say we want Mashiach now, because we're stepping into the number three type of motivation. So we're going to look, and we're up to paragraph Hey in the Sikh of Kisisa, Tachin and Beis, and we're going to see how it unfolds in Torah, Torah terms and what energies are released from the words. Not, it's not only words to describe a system, but it's an, a, a releasing of, of energies of Kaisas through our learning these words. So as we said, that everything comes through Tyra. Everything is funneled into the world through Tyra because Tyra is, Tyra is the blueprint of the world. God looks into the Torah. God looks into the Torah and from that blueprint of the Torah, he creates the world. So, if we're talking about motivation coming through three steps, Aleph, Gimel, one, two, three, then Torah has to have those three steps in it. So what are they? 
the Aleph part, the Aleph phase in Torah is the beginning of the Torah, which is gracious, which includes not only the creation, the beginning of creation, but the Aleph of Tyra, the essence of Tyra that comes before the world. Torah absolutely came before the world. That's the blueprint. And it's an essence blueprint. It's not just the details of the world. The whole essence of the world is included in that blueprint. That's the Aleph. As it says, gracious, even though gracious starts with a base, and that's a whole other topic, but about Tyra, says, the whole world was created for Tyra, which is called gracious. Actually, and everything was created. The world was created as a living blueprint, a living laboratory for Torah and for the and for the Yidden. And that's emphasized in the fact that base, gracious, gracious Baralakim, the beginning of the Torah, starts with base, because base expresses the letter base, bet expresses that it is it comes after Aleph. So really, when the world is created through the, you know, gracious with the letter base, it's saying, hey guys, I'm the world. With the sidewalks and the streets and the cars and the trees and the people and all that other stuff. But I want you to know, when you look at me, I'm not uncomfortable about admitting, me, the world, that I come from, I have been created through the Pasuk, gracious by Aris. And I'm very proud and very comfortable, says the world, to admit, acknowledge that the world is secondary and primary is Hashem, Anaychi, and Tyra, Anaychi, the Anaychi. The whole Tyra is included in that one word, Anaychi. So before the world, you always, the world is preceded by the blueprint of Tyra, Anaychi. That's the word of, that incorporates, includes the whole Tyra. So that's, that's step one within Tyra. The beginning of Tyra is gracious. Now, step two, you actually don't just plan it with the blueprint, but more than planning it with the blueprint, now you have gracious by looking at the this art. It actually happens. You know, you can only, you know, as an architect, you can only plan for so long. And at some point, you know, somebody has to be brought in to build the building. It's not about only about plans on paper. So step two is build build it. You planned it. The very essence of Tyra was was mapping it all out. But that's step one, Aleph. Step two is Bereshit Bar Lakim. You actually Hashem actually creates the world. And actually, there are three levels in that, but we'll leave that for now. And then you have all the rest of the parshas in the Tyra. So the Tyra begins with the first parsha. Harshest gracious blueprint. Then, as we said, the world is created. And then we have all the other Parshas and Tyrus, where it speaks about the story about what happened in the world and what we're here to do to fulfill the, the reason why the world was created, as is explained in all the Parshas throughout the entire Tyrus. It's one long story and description of what this whole creation is about and who we are and what we're here to do and what the, the plan is. Lots and lots and lots of details. That's step two. That's the whole rest of the Torah after Bereshit. And then so we have the end of the whole thing, the Gimel. 
the seam of the Torah, the completion of the Torah, where it speaks about how Hashem came to Meishrabenu and showed him Atayamachran. He showed him, you know, a, a, a I don't want to say dramatic, it's a little, but a, a communication between Meishrabenu and Hashem and the end of the whole whole title, the whole Chumash says, all the wonders and all the miracles and all the great awesomeness that Meishu Beinu did in front of the eyes of all the Jewish people. That's the end of the Torah. That's the scene. That's the completion. That's the Gimel. We saw the wonders that Meishu Beinu does and did. We saw it. He did it in front of our eyes. And that's all connected. That last part is connected with the Shlemus of the Gula Mitzvah Shlema through Mashiach Kikenu. Meishu Benu is the first Redeemer and the last. And then you will have the full revelation of God, Isis Van Meisim, the wonders and the miracles. Just as when we came out of Mitzrayim, we saw wonders. Now, of course, the fact that, and we're going to look into it later in a different context, the fact that Maishu Benu broke the Luchais. This is intensely significant. Which in that shows us, remember, we are speaking about moving from number one motivation to number three motivation. Because number one motivation is lots of fun. Wow, it's going to be incredible. But when it becomes unincredible, we just crash. Number three motivation, you never crash. Because it's a sturdy motivation that has been through the ups and the downs, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's a full, rich, deep motivation and way to motivate oneself. So the end of the whole Torah is that, that Maishu Benu did all these miracles in front of everybody. And some of the stuff was, you know, there was a lot of tough stuff throughout our journey in the, the described in the Torah. And there's a lot of great stuff. And the end of the whole thing is something intensely solid that enables us to motivate ourselves to move forward with a solid, a rock-solid connection to the essence of Hashem. And we see it in Pirkei Avis. The beginning of Pirkei Avis is Maishu Kibbal Tzairu That means the whole Tyra and everything that was given to Maishu Rabbeinu then, it, piece by piece, it all is given to us. And in the end, and every student in the future that is Mechadish, Anything that will be taught was taught to Maishu Rabbeinu at Sinai. So, Pirkei Avot starts with, Maishu Rabbeinu gives us a title. Step one. Step two. He, he, he gives it over, he teaches us. That reminds us of ourselves, right? Number one, step one motivation. You have a motivation based on, yeah, you have this incredible dream and you kind of were given a mission and you're highly motivated. You know, my people started missing nice. You're given a mission from above that's amazing and you're highly inspired. Next step is step two. Teach it to everybody else. Pass on your mission and include everybody else. Teach it to everybody else. As it comes out, through the students of Tyre. And then, the end of Pirkei Avis is Hashem Yimlach Le'aylam Vod. Now we come to a sturdy and a powerfully eternal 
um, groundedness from which we can motivate ourselves to live our lives in a whole new way. Which is what? Hashem yimlech la'elam vaz. Hashem will rule forever and ever. Meaning, nothing's random. There are no mistakes. It's rock solid. And there's rock solid goodness under our feet. And therefore, we can't really fail. We can't really fail. You know all those courses where they say, they ask you, if you, if you, if you knew that you couldn't fail, if you knew that you couldn't fail, what kind, what would you, what would you take on yourself if you knew that you couldn't fail? Right? So here it is. This is the number three motivation. You know that you cannot fail because Hashem yimlach la'elam vaz. That means Hashem is, did, and will rule forever, ever with perfect judgment. And in the future, it will be, it will be open and visible to everyone. So all the nasty, dark, ugly corruption and all that other stuff that, and the lies and the, all, all that stuff that is being dealt with in the world now, guess what? Guess what we're finding out? It's all going to be eliminated because Hashem, the, Hashem's rulership will become obvious to everybody in a way that it, they, people will excitedly embrace it and suddenly step into a bigger, a, a, a bigger reality than they're used to. Until now, the world, the world now is living on number two. Everything's falling apart. Number one was, well, life is going to be good and we're going to all do this. That was sometime in history, maybe the beginning of time. Number two is, boy, this world got really dark and corrupt and messy and is full of lies and, and look at, you know, we can't, look at stuff that's going on. We have to be careful what we say because they're listening to everything. That's step two. The world is in stage two now and it's about to move to stage three. And so we can also move to that motivation of, of motivate ourselves by knowing that all the jump that we see is just moving to stage three when we will have a grounded, and we can even have it now, a grounded connection to our mission. And that's one of the reasons, one of the reasons why the Tyra is connected with three. It's all about three. Um, since Matan Tyra, the whole purpose of the whole world, Seder Hishtalshalis, which is all about three, is there. Tyra is about three. It's given to Kohanim, Levim, um, Yisraelim, and in the third month. And it's all about many, many aspects of three. The Jewish people connected to three. Many, many things about three. Okay, so let's look into, we're in paragraph um, Vav, 6 of, of the Sikha. Let's look into one other um, example. How was this idea of Aleph Simul, three stages in, so to speak, motivation, the dream, the actual doing, and then the grounded dream, the, uh, the integration. Let's call it dream, uh, implementing, and then integration. Full integration, let's call it that, Aleph Gimel. That's also in this Parsha. Those three parts are also in this Parsha. Because in this Parsha, we have the first Luchas, the first tablets. What do you have on them? The Aserah Sedibras, the Ten Commandments. 
And they were said as Mat and Taira. And they began with, the Aserah Sedivah began with the word Anaychi, the Aleph. It's the whole fundamental first piece of the whole Taira, of everything. Everything begins with that Aleph. Everything begins with Taira. And the Taira begins, and the Taira is all engraved on those, those tablets. And the first tablets were from Hashem. And his, his actual, the handiwork of Hashem. Not really, coming, really coming from above. Starting with the word Anaiki, the Aleph. Those first tablets, that's kind of like our first idea when we just feel like, oh, it's so amazing. Nothing got in the way. Nobody, you know, we didn't have to practice it yet. We just had a dream. It's very heavenly. It's very divine. It's very um, unsullied. Uh, a perfect dream, like the first Luchais that are described in this Parsha. Then, second thing that happens in this Parsha is, boom, crash, crash. The crash of the Chet Ego, the sin of the golden calf. And because of that, when we just totally lost it, we're like, dream, what dream? I don't know what you're talking about. We lost, I don't know, we gave up. We're just, I don't know, we, we throw in the towel. And as a result of us throwing in the ta- towel so early on in the game, and by the way, how can you throw in the towel so early on in the game, the 40 days before you were totally inspired by the first Luchais? Because the first Luchais, the original plan, is not designed to be sturdy. It's designed to be sparkly, but not sturdy. See that, right? It's designed, the first initial plan is very sparkly. It's like, wow, yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's sparkly, but it's not sturdy. We should really use those words throughout this whole series. The first plan is sparkly, but not sturdy. So step two is everything fell apart. We, 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 we lost it. We, we lost our inspiration because the, the sparkly, the sparkly, so to speak, Luchai's first Luchai's, the sparkly Matantar experience, which was amazing, incredibly though overwhelming, not deeply integrated, kind of broke the world. It caused us to give up, and as a result of that, Maishar Beinu had to break those luchos. That sparkly first experience, he just, he broke it. Right in front of us. And that, you see, that's hinted at by the letter base, the Indian of base. The whole, that, in that, is the whole urida, the whole descent that can happen in life. Like, ah, oh, forget it. Oh, I heard you were, I heard you were gonna, do this whole project. It sounded so amazing. You were telling everybody about it. I, I saw your YouTube and wow, you said that you're going to, um, you're going to do this whole thing. And you know, what happened to that? Eh, whatever. I don't know. You know that word, whatever, whatever, whatever is a base number, stage two, whatever. That means Eureka. The older generation says, Oh, I don't know. I, I just didn't have the time. The younger generation says, whatever. Whatever means I gave up. Whatever. I'm no longer inspired. The sparkles all unsparkled. They fizzled out. I'm just, I'm just not into it. That's called the urethra in the world. Gracious Bara. Hashem creates the world. And in the world, it's not as fun when you're actually doing it as when you're dreaming about it. And actually, from that energy that the energy actually going down and the sparkliness um, evaporating in a way, 
because now you're doing something even more profound, which is actually doing it, which is crucial. Actually, it opens up the possibility for the chait and the, and the breaking. It is a breaking of the source. As we know, the chait ego, which is connected with the very first, the, the sin of the golden calf, which is connected with the very first sin, chait etzadah, it comes as a result of what? It comes as a result of this initial symptom. When Hashem said, I'm going to create a world. The initial symptom, the initial contraction was Shvirasakalan. When the vessels which Hashem created, which were not sturdy vessels, at the when of, I guess at the very beginning of creation, the vessels broke. And then there was a kitrug and the moon, which used to be the moon, the receiver, the feminine energy, which used to be the same size as the sun, the masculine energy, the moon was diminished in size. You know what that means? If the receiver is diminished in size, the sun and the moon were the same size. The giver and the receiver were the same size. But then as a result of Shigar Sekalim, the moon was reduced in size, the receiver. You know what that means? The giver is still just giving inspiration, boom, 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 boom. But the receiver just doesn't have much ability to receive it. I'm going to give you a very classic example. Walk into a bakery <laughs> where they have all these, you know, pink, blue, yellow, green, sugary pastries. I'm describing it that way on purpose, right? And and people are just like, oh, wow. And you just see people's mouths watering and their eyes are kind of pop, you know, popping open. And And just walk into that bakery... And um, and when you do, go up to somebody and say, you know, white flour and sugar is really not healthy. You know, you really shouldn't be eating that stuff. And then watch, because you've basically taken away their dream. You know, people were, you know, walking down the street feeling kind of, you know, needing a little pep up. You know, they, if they were highly in a dream, they wouldn't need the pep up. They're, they're just feeling a little bit, you know, low energy, low inspiration, and they see the bakery and like, oh, I think I'd like one of those cookies or one of those pastries or a dozen of those. And they walk in and they're just, their eyes are popping like, wow, yes. <sighs> you know, right? You can feel they're just in, they're kind of in a Eureka phase where I just, <sighs> give, me, give me some inspiration in life. Oh, and the cookies, the cookies are literally screaming out to them from the window of the bakery saying, me, 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 pick me, pick me. Are you feeling a little uninspired? It's like a little dialogue when you pass by that window of the bakery. So the, all the pastries and cookies, they, they wink at you and they say, hi. You say, I'm in a hurry, excuse me. Say, hi. Yeah, what do you want? And they say, you look a little uninspired. Okay, so what? Come on inside. I'll re-inspire you. You will? Yeah, yeah, look blue ones of us and pink ones of us and green ones and yellow ones and all that and like doesn't look great and we're thinking we're feeling yeah I suddenly feel more inspired just when I look at them imagine how I'll feel when I eat them so then I go inside and I choose some of those delicious little twinkly sparkly little cookies that are saying you will feel better just get one of these on your tongue just one of me I'm here to make you feel better so 
you eat one and this wave of pleasure just boom tits what are the chemicals i forget serotonin and that dopamine and i can't even remember which chemicals hit the brain and just like wow yeah i don't know why i was so uninspired before it's so possible life is so possible right you just went through that whole process from uninspired to the cookie just re-inspired you life is good things will work out don't be so down yeah okay now let's go back to the scene so you now you're let's say you don't eat those cookies so you walk into the bakery and there are people just with their tongues hanging out you know somebody who really had a not such an easy day you see like literally you know tongue hanging out eyes are just popping just like um how much are those how much is a dozen of those pink cookies Oh, what about the ones with the cream filling? You know, oh, you see that? You know what? I'll take one of those cakes. How much is that cake? Over? Okay, you know what? Fine, sure. I'll take one of those cakes with the cream filling and the seven layers, and, right? And then you go up to this person and you say, you know, white sugar and white flour and all that, you know, sugary margarine stuff, trans fat, It's you really shouldn't eat it. I have not met anybody, most anybody, in the bakery when they're in the middle of that mood and go up to them and say, which I wouldn't, you really shouldn't eat that stuff. I have not experienced anybody smiling comfortably and pleasantly at me and saying, you're right, thank you so much. Sure, I'll feel much better if I don't eat this stuff. (laughs) Nobody's going to smile at you. They're going to be upset. Why are they going to be upset? Because in the base phase, when the sparkliness of your day has, has, and the sparkliness of what, who you thought you were and what you think life is about, you know, that's like the first luchos. Telling you what life is about. The Ten Commandments. The beginning of the Tyra. The whole Tyra included in the sparkly Matan Tyra. Telling you what life is all about. And giving you a blueprint of how to live your life, and wow. And then the base phase is, I don't know, I lost my inspiration, which is the reason why you want to eat the cookies, which is why I lost my inspiration. And where does this loss of inspiration come from? Oh, I remember what I was saying. (laughs) Because when someone has a small vessel for a big message, they just can't hear you. I, now I remember why I started this. Please excuse me. The person in the bakery has a very small vessel for hearing my musser or your musser about how they shouldn't eat white flour or white sugar. They're just like, what? They just shut you out. They don't have, they're not a vessel for hearing this message. Oh, imagine somebody comes along and say, you know, it's so much better to just eat salads all day. Let's just go away. They have a small vessel. They can't hear you. You're telling them not to eat these pastries. They have a small vessel. They can't receive your message. So where does this small vessel in people come from? It comes from the fact that the sun and the moon, the giver and the receiver, were the same size. And because of Shirasa Kalim, which came because of the first symptom, the first contraction of Hashem's kayach, Hashem's very being, which he did on purpose. As a result of that, you have the moon, the receiver became very small. There's a very small vessel now to be able to receive any message that's a little outside of your box, outside of your 
normal way of thinking. Nobody has, nobody has in regular Hasidic Lushan, nobody has the Kalim to hear anything anymore. You can't tell anybody anything. And by the way, you know what's the logical end of this whole thing that there's such small vessels in the world for any, anything. Nobody can receive any new input, any new information. People have teeny tiny vessels. What comes after that? Even crazier. You ready? It's called, once you have a very small vessel to take in higher information, then there's something that's even a smaller vessel. And it's called the cancel culture. The cancel culture says, not only can I not hear you, I'm just going to tune you out. That was already good in the old days. The cancel culture says, I don't let you speak. That's how small my vessel is. I forbid you to speak. So let's redo the scene. We're talking about the base phase, the middle phase, of when you lost your sparkly inspiration, and now you're into, I don't know, I really I really don't want to hear anything you have to say. Do me a favor. You know, uh, it's hard enough. I'm very busy now. I, 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 re- I really don't want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Now, okay, so let's redo the, the same scene. The bakery scene, we did it. That was five years ago. Yeah, bakery, they don't want to hear. They're like, uh-huh. So it was 10 years ago. Walk into the bakery, which you shouldn't tell people in the bakery not to buy. By the way, don't try it for homework. But walk into the bakery, and your friend who told you that her doctor told her that she dare not eat sugar or white flour because of, God forbid, God forbid, diabetic issues, God forbid, you don't want to go in and say, well, you're buying that for yourself. You're going to eat it? No, but didn't your doctor say, you don't want Because she doesn't have the vessel to hear you at that point, and she'll just tune you out. Okay, she'll start looking at her phone, whatever it is. That's already, that's a small vessel. Today, it's like this. You come in and you say, wait, didn't your doctor say you're not supposed to eat that stuff? The cancel culture has people saying, you know, I think it's, I feel that it's really disrespectful that you speak about these things because uh, not everybody, you know, it, it's pretty much of a, it's very disrespectful for you. You're going to buy those cookies and eat them, and I'm not able to. And I, I really feel that it's extreme, you know, I just want to go. I just want to go, okay? I just feel like it's really disrespectful for you to um, speak to me that way, and it really isn't any of your business, right? That's the council culture. You're not allowed to say it. And I really feel that it's really disrespectful for you if you have to have those views. You really have no place being in this bakery, and it's not your place to really tell anybody what to do. I feel like right? that's the cancel culture. There's no Kaylee. The cancel culture says anything that somebody presents to you that's a little higher than what you're ready for, you cancel out. You don't have a small vessel for it. You have none. Shut, closed, broke, door closed. Cancel. I have to cancel you. You don't, the, the, the message that's supposed to come to me from above has to be canceled out because I don't have a vessel for it. That's the cancel culture. And it's coming from a very important place, Baruchnius, that cancel culture. And it's from the energy of phase, it's from the energy of phase two base. That's where it comes from. And so 
Um, it, because, now going back to the moon, because the moon, where does it come from? I guess, you know, I've been thinking for a while, where does the cancel culture come from? Now I think I got it. The cancel comes from, cancel culture comes from the fact that the moon was told to become smaller than the sun. That originally they were created the same size and the moon was then made smaller than the moon was told, go, go, go diminish yourself. Now it's told, go cancel yourself. <laughs> the moon, the receiver was told, was told to become smaller. It's called in Shvirta Kalim and Kitrov Miotalavana. Those are the official words that lead to cancel culture. And it comes after many, 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 many. It comes from many, 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 many contractions and, and, and many descents and many um, curtains that are covering the truth. And it opens up the, the, the possibility. It enables there to be a place for something that's called a chait an actual sin. So now if you look at all the insanity in the world, it's coming from the cancel culture and all the others. And, and we don't have to mention all the craziness. This is not the place for all the craziness that's going on in the world today. It comes from Miata Levana, the Shvirta Kalim at the beginning of time, and the Kitrog that the moon has to become, that the receiver has to become smaller. And then add one piece to this. Ask yourself the question. Beginning, you know, the 60s, let's say, the moon, the feminine energy said, no way, Jose. We're not going to be smaller. And, and really the feminine energy, as the, at the same time that the feminine energy at the beginning of time was told to become smaller and a receiver, and yet at the same time the feminine energy will will be higher and is becoming higher than the masculine energy. So it's a very complex, it's all turning upside down, remember? Purim. It's all turning upside down. It used to be masculine rules feminine. And then it started to turn to feminine rules masculine. But if feminine rules masculine, if the moon rules the sun, if the moon becomes equal to or even bigger than the sun, it can't be in the same way as the sun used to rule the moon. You know, the sun shines on the moon, yeah. But the moon sun shines on the sun. It can't be that way. It has to be a whole different way of doing it. It can't be like, so now women run all the companies, just like men. That didn't achieve anything. So you're still in the same thing, just the women are running instead of the men, and now the women are stronger, the men are weaker. It used to be the men are stronger, the women are weaker. That's not the point. Who's, but rather a whole other, it's a very dynamic change. So that switch from sun shines to moon up to now the moon will grow bigger and shine on the sun. It was, there was a, a very um, messy attempt through the feminist movement, which isn't the real, it's not coming from a place where there's enough spiritual power for it to be done right. So we're in that transition, and this is what we hear. <laughs> you know, that the sandpaper against sandpaper, it's a very messy transition. And that's what we're seeing happening in the world today. And this is all an expression of stage two. 
stage two. He said one is the one is the dream, the blueprint. Two is is the implementation, which which involves often everything falling apart. And stage three is everything coming together. So we are in stage two of history now. Intensely so. We're in stage two. And the kavana of it is that through the avaida down here, and by the way, stage two also means the people start to take over. You notice in America today it's called we the people. The people start to take over. We've been there before with Napoleon. The people take over. But Napoleon did it in a way of anti-holiness, anti-Kadusha. And the Alter Rebbe therefore fought Napoleon with everything that he had because Napoleon got the, the language right, but he was doing it from the, from the point of view of unholiness and bringing more darkness to the world. So just to say the people take over, but you have to come from the right place from the source of power, from the right power source, from the holy power source, rather versus, God forbid, the unholy power source. So now we have a second chance. The people take over. And it's we. And and the feminine takes over. In Napoleon's time, the women weren't taking over. So if the feminine aspect takes over and is totally... Um, tuned into deep holiness and a power, a deep source of spiritual holy power, then when we the people take over the world and and expose all the corruption and clean it up, please God, and beg Hashem to clean it up, then it will can and will lead to in this Hashem the third base of Mizish. So what is the kabana of being in phase two of history? The, through this avaida, the avaida down here, even in a situation where it's very low, that we should fulfill the kavana of the creation, bishvil hatayra, or the tyra. So in the next audio, we're going to talk about phase three as it is the, the, the second Luchais as it appears in this Parsha and what that's all about um, and why we really have to fall. That might be in the next audio. And we ask Hashem, please God, we're talking about third base of English, right? The third. So we have a sense of where we're trying to go by exploring these truths and by everything that we do. We're asking Hashem just Help us move forward in a way that keeps everyone safe and healthy and 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 holy and refuas and Yeshuas and all of those things for Klal Yisrael and we should find ourselves now in the third phase, the third base on immediately now. Please tune in to our next audio tomorrow to see the next where this takes us.